you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host James Coe. Join alongside the great Adam Rank. What's up? Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having. Appreciate. Me. No, I didn't know. I didn't listen. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Oh, okay. I was. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. We had the League of League drafts. You were in Vegas, so in you never Vegas know. over the weekend. You never know. I might just. And now that there's a football team there, I might not ever come back. But I will touch oh. on. We'll touch on a lot of that. Fantasy in, correspondent in for the LV Raiders, perhaps, Adam perhaps. Ray? And okay. plus, uh, I've had a nice little battle with Falcons Twitter over the last couple of Have days. Have you? So it's been. Listen, let me tell you something. And I'm sorry, hey Marcus. Hello. <laughs> Not to tell you, please, no, please, no, no. please, Alex. I don't. Want, but listen, this is what I got to say. So last <laughs> week, should have gone to you last. There was it. another. There was another Ryan. Uh, Speaker Paul Ryan. Oh yes, who didn't have a great day, <clears throat> and I drew up. And this is this is not a political statement. I'm okay. just saying that he had a bad Friday. He did, and I drew a parallel. Yes, with him and Matt Ryan. I go, oh, look, they both folded in the fourth quarter. This is great, <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody like here's here's the thing. Here's the thing is that oh. Falcons Twitter was all a buzz. Being like, it wasn't Matt Ryan's fault that we lost the game. And I said, okay, listen, I, I can appreciate that. And it, yeah. uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. But ultimately, and I went back and I rewatched the game, Matt Ryan needed to make one more play and did not make it. Henceforth, he folded. Okay. It's like, listen. It's like but he made that big play to go down the that's field. A great I mean, but you needed another that one. That was a great play. You want to no? win the game or do you want to be like, oh, we got close? Okay. What is it? Like, it's like. It's like if a guy scores 40 points in an NBA <clears throat> championship game. Like right. the, the, the NCAA tournament's coming up yeah. 
Let's say is that, that not a great game? Let's say that kid from North Carolina, if he misses that shot mm. and they lose the game, like he didn't make the shot. Like I can't. I'm, but did he fold? I mean, that's a big. Deal. You fold because you're there for one thing to win. Yeah. So if you had scored forty points, but you failed to convert on two free throws oh, to win the game, then you folded. Like I'm sorry. That's it's a it, like Scott MG Norwood. My guy, Marcus. Hold on, Red. Scott Norwood <laughs> folded. In Super Bowl twenty five, okay. all right. Did he not? Yeah, I. I, I mean, they, sure. It, it wasn't his fault that they lost the game entirely. Yes, but he needed to make the play at the end of the game. He didn't do it. Matt Ryan didn't do. It. I'm sorry. I hate to be the one to have to report that. It's a, it's a good tweet you had, Rank. It's got, it was it was, it was it was a good tweet. I missed it at the time. It's got nearly two thousand retweets. What? It, it was a good tweet. Over two thousand yes. likes. Well, can you read the tweet? Alex? It says Orion folding in the clutch is starting to become a theme of 2017. Oh. Side by side of. Matt Ryan holding his face with confetti coming down in the background, and Paul Ryan looking sad. Which I is th- kind of how I imagine that. <laughs> a bunch kind of, of a bunch of like confetti coming down, and Matt and <laughs> Paul Ryan having to walk. That that's the way we should do it now. With with all bills, <laughs> with anything that happened, just with everything in confetti. government, you have to set up different colors for bills, though, so that the right oh, confetti can man. drop. I can't wait. Uh, this is going to be the anytime there's a Ryan who fails. Oh. It's, it's on. I'm on it. It's on and popping. I'm, you just got to start adding to it. Let's oh, go. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, right. I'm looking forward to it. MG, my guy, Mark Scrant, what's cracking? Uh, I will say that after this conversation, um, <laughs> people who love the law, sausage, and joke should watch neither of them being made because uh, <laughs> okay. uh, it just doesn't work out. It's ugly sometimes. There you go. <laughs> Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gellar. I don't even know what to say about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're all it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I just was report. I was just here. Oh, we got a big time show in front gone, of us here. Today. We got Matt Waldman. That's a good thing. We got Matt Waldman. Got a big uh, get. <clears throat> good thing it's not Ryan Waldman. Yeah. <laughs> the was... last name has to be. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. My bad. Uh, so we got the great Matt Waldman uh, on the program today. Uh, if you don't know his work, you should. He he writes a uh, a tremendous. Uh, I mean, just a beast uh, of a portfolio every single year. It basically scouts out every single fantasy-relevant incoming rookie. Uh, it is just an absolute monster. How many pages is that thing? Well, it's Gellar? it's thousands, as I'm sure he'll explain, because it's a couple, several hundred Literally pages. Literally a thousand plus. Several hundred pages of analysis Unreal. and the rankings and detailed descriptions of each player's strengths and weaknesses. And then he also shows his work. Like, he details Crazy. the plays and the games that he watched and what, to, what you know, from that play indicated, you know, part of his ranking. It's, it's extremely meticulous and extremely useful. You do have to pay some money for it. It is worth every it, penny, though. It is. And you'll find out why. It is so intense, and it's unbelievable. It is a uh, encyclopedia of knowledge of that. There is no doubt. You know what you don't have to pay for, though? What's that? Play fantasy football on NFL.com. Hey, Ben. Oh. You can pre-register your leagues yeah, right buddy. now. Let's go. NFL.com slash fantasy. Yeah. Let's do go it. do it. Uh, by the way, you could also, if you are interested in free agency, and why would you not be, go to NFL.com slash fantasy free agency. It's a live blog of sorts to talk about basically breakdown. Not only do you get all of the signings, but you also get the fantasy implications of all of the signings as well. So NFL.com slash fantasy free agency for all your free agency news. NFL.com slash fantasy. Or Sign up your team. slash preactivate. Oh, slash Get it going right away. Oh, okay. Use the like fancy it. use the fancy uh, <clears throat> slash there because then the people in New York get happy with okay, our performance. Good. NFL.com slash preactivate for you fancy folks out there. So we'll have Matt Wallman uh, today on, on today's show. We'll close out with a round of daily daps, but as always, we start with your top headlines. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we're going to start with College Pro Day. Dante Foreman, holy good God almighty. <laughs> of course we start here. <laughs> Bruh. We've this- got, we got young, inspiring quarterbacks recovering from major injuries, and James oh. is like, nah, 40 time. No, 40 time now. <laughs> <clears throat> this dude ran a 4-4-5-40. This after weighing in at 235 pounds. <laughs> I mean, by the way, he's only three weeks removed from a foot fracture. The dude ran a 4.45 at 2.35 after a foot fracture. Holy hell. Oh, by the way, extremely productive in college as well. As a junior, he ran for 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns at Texas. Alex Gelhar, your thoughts here? I mean, this is good news. He was one of the guys I was um, excited to watch at the Combine before he couldn't do any workouts because of his um, foot fracture because he carried a lot of extra weight in the season, still looked great, but there were reports that he trimmed down a little bit, you know, toned everything up, and I was like, all right, let's 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 see what this guy can run because he's, he's got a lot of the traits you like. He's kind of a bulldo- he's a bulldozer. He's got some foot quickness, though. He's one of those bigger bal- backs with balance that we like to see kind of in the Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch, LeGarrette Blunt mold where, you know, he'll bounce off of guys, he'll spin around and stay up. So this is all really promising for him, and he's going to be a guy that we'll need to watch in the middle rounds if a, if a team makes a move for him there that needs a running back. They were saying that he was playing around 255, 260 yep. as a junior, yep. and he slimmed down for the combine, which I love. I love the fact that he did that. And then he goes in his pro day and runs a 4-4-5? Oh, sign me up all day long. Because he can catch that's, passes too, so he's he's a he's a complete back. That's amazing until he's retur- going into the NFL weighing two sixty again. Okay, like that's what? cool. I'm glad he lost the weight for the combine. I mean, couldn't he maintain it's the two thirty five frame? No, no. You don't know. He that. was I mean, playing football like you. It was easier to lose weight when you were a younger man. Like people don't become like slimmer. As they, okay, not, I shouldn't be the one saying that. But for most <laughs> yeah, people, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. I, most people do not. Buddy, we have, we have, a, we have a, a theme in the fantasy stronghold of, hey, fat rank. I mean, there's a picture of fat I, rank. There is. And then there's a picture of current day rank. All right, well then draft me in the fifth round. Also, I will say, though, in, in his defense, he's going from eating on a college campus, which all of us know is not good for your health. Not great. All the food there. Uh, now going he's, to an NFL like diet program and stuff. He was unpaid, which means that he was getting fat like with no money. Eating like what's going to happen yeah. when he has money? Because you know what's cheaper is food that's terrible for you. Plus, he man, can, that, he that, can only afford two tacos del, del <laughs> All I know is that I could get Carl's Jr. on my meal plan, so that didn't help me out. Oh, all that, well, now he can go to Carl's Jr. and hit the Taco Bell. On the way back. <laughs> all right. Anyways, we're getting off the rails. Here, uh, but I'm not getting off the rails. I'm just saying that it's a legitimate no, concern. I, but I will was, also say that Le'Veon Bell was a guy who was heavier in college than he true. was when he got oh, to the NFL. He slimmed down and has yeah. remained that size since he's been with Pittsburgh. I was saying we we're getting off the rails rank and specifying which fast food chains he could hit. <laughs> <laughs> Your complaint is, is certainly valid, but we didn't need to go that deep. It's been noted. It's been noted. It's been noted. What do you think? Like he's hitting Whataburger? Oh, he was for in sure. Texas? Of course. He's chowing that so down. If he goes to a California team. Oh, now he's doing in and out. Oh, where, where, he, where he can get a better burger? Yeah, yeah there's three L.A. teams. He right. could go get an in and out burger. Three L.A. teams. There are oh, three L.A. teams. Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, okay. All right. Will be an offshoot. 
We'll stay with Rogue. We'll by, by, by the way, James, real quick, yeah. actually, rather than jumping into that, we do kind of have some breaking news as we were starting oh, the podcast hit here. Me. Hit me. Uh, per Chris Bradford of um, The Times, he uh, found from a league source that Martavis Bryant's reinstatement is, quote, imminent. Imminent. <laughs> Steelers. <laughs> High five. Here yeah. we go. Oh. Let's go. All right. Martavis Rank Bryant literally just stood up on right. his chair and yes. high five James. We'll Rowe. explain it later. Let's <laughs> we'll explain later because it's awesome. Oh, I think I know exactly <laughs> where this goes. But anyway, I will say this: I I am not going to get excited until he's actually Stop on the it, field. You. No, Stop I mean it, because you. as the skeptic, because I, I remember surprised. remember all the excitement and hype around a certain Cleveland Browns wide receiver who was actually reinstated, not imminently reinstated, was actually reinstated and still has not played an actual down of football. So yeah. I want to yeah. see Martavis Bryant on the field, and then I will you know, right. say I've got two are words tra- for you. How dare you? Here we are trying to celebrate. <laughs> Marcus has to come in all. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, MG. Uh, we will go for well, a well, real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, if, he does, if he does get reinstated, where do you guys think you draft him next this com- coming fall? 18th round. <laughs> oh, wait, that was our draft we were doing. That was a legal. That's if he's, different draft. If he's if he's still on the board after the what sixth round, I think that's you know that's that a sounds miracle. about right. That's I'm moving miracle. early. Yeah, I'd I'd probably take him in the the, the fifth. I'm not maybe. taking him in the fifth. Oh yeah, don't you dare touch oh. him in the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think sixth round sounds about right. We'll have to. See, well, I mean, it'll depend on uh, shape and stuff like that. Yeah, and what we reports out of camp and things, but. We saw, we've seen how good he can be even in limited amounts of work in years past. If he's reinstated, his ceiling, if he plays a full 16 games, oh yeah, monstrous. But what about if Ben his, his ceiling is the retires, roof. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, Ben might retire. <laughs> he's, I swear to God, Ben Roethlisberger. Man, stretching is, that out. He's the worst. He's the guy who always says, like, you invite somewhere yeah. and says no, just to have everybody beg him. Oh, come on, dude. It's, it's, it's not going to be fun, the same bro. without you. I hear you. Yeah. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy the first round of there's, Jaeger bombs. There's a little bit of that, for sure. With That's Bitcoin. his whole life. Okay. I'm tired of it. Like, fine, retire. <laughs> like, we're done with you. All right. Okay, there you go. Uh, can we talk about Adrian Peterson now? Please. Sure. Adrian Peterson finds himself – could he find himself in Giants blue? <laughs> Next season, why <laughs> you're because, chuckling already? According to a Pro Football Talk report, Coach Ben McAdoo coyly said, "Quote: Never say never." When talking about adding Adrian Peterson, I would if I was a coach and somebody asked, him, "Hey, do you think that we could see him in a Giants uniform?" Be like, "I don't know. Is he on NFLShop.com?" <laughs> you, could, you could certainly purchase one. It's I'm tired of Adrian Peterson. Why? I re- like you ever. Here's the thing with Peterson. You ever watch like? NASCAR highlights from the 70s. You don't, but just imagine what it looked like. Okay. That's Adrian Peterson now. It's like the game has kind of passed him by, and he's he's not the – the way he plays running back is not the way that that position is played now, and I think there are very few places for him to go where he can be successful, and it's going to be up to him to say, I'm willing to take less money, I'm willing to take a reduced role, and I'm having a hard time seeing that. Well, I mean, when you say there's no place for him, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Look, yes, he's a downhill runner that needs to play in a system that is under center. He can't really run from the shotgun right. uh, that well, which I, everybody does. Which I, okay, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams out there that that still run from under center. As a matter of fact, it's it's hard to argue the other side because then when we tar- start talking about quarterback evaluations, well, it's like, well, the guy's never played under center. 
I mean, why is well, that important are, if everyone's running from the shotgun? Well, those are young guys who are coming into the league. And besides, too, and, you, you know, uh, we'll be discussing this with our guests coming up here shortly, is that there's a lot of good running backs in this in this uh, upcoming draft, too, yeah. that if you're sitting there, if you're a team that has a need, like if you're the Raiders and you're like, well, we could sign him. We what, could sign the 32-year-old guy if his or we could tag, draft somebody. If his price tag comes all the way down to, like, a, a one-year $3 million option. That's still too much. Like, why would I do I'd rather draft a guy. Right. Who's not? Who hasn't been injured? Two out of the last three years. That's true. Who hasn't? Who doesn't have all those miles on? He's him. only two years removed from a great season. So I, there is, there's, I don't know. It's intriguing, at least to me. The the offense is great uh, in New York. If he goes there, if you divorced yourself from the name. Yeah. Like if it was like this is just running back X. Mm. Here's his last three years, missing two with injuries. One great year. He's 32. He's he's got all this, you know. He's got baggage associated with them both on and off the field. I'm out. I don't need it. All right. I'm going somewhere else. I mean, like, I, the, the reason I bring up New York is because it's inter- if he signs there, theoretically, it's a good offense. Also, not a lot of inspiring names there in the running back. But I also feel like it's, I think it's kind of funny that the one team that is even, you know, feigning interest in him is arguably the worst fit for his <laughs> skills. <laughs> like, it's honestly the right. worst fit. For his skill set. Also, I want to add that um, let's not forget the lessons of the past when just a few years ago uh, a team with a young rising quarterback signed a bunch of veterans that we all used to love. We all bought in on them, and they fell apart for us. I'm talking about the Colts when they had Andrew Luck, and they signed Andre Johnson, fantasy community went wild. He was getting drafted in the third round. I I didn't want to do it. I bought into it. I drafted him in one league. Hated hated it. it. Frank Gore struggled. Hated it. This is a team, the Giants are a team, though, with an aging quarterback whose arm we saw fall apart down the stretch. We just added an aging wide receiver, and now we want them to add an aging running back, too. Interesting. Like, what part of that actually excites you in fantasy? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I'm serious. I'm waiting for an answer. (laughs) Other than OBJ. Yeah. And he doesn't get to count the one-hoppers that he's going to catch from Eli. Well, I mean, they they have a good group of wide receivers. I mean, you talk about Brandon Marshall. I mean, still, even as a number three, I think he's interesting. He's he's diluting the pool, though, now. Yeah. We were going to have OBJ and Shepard getting a vast majority oh, of targets. When you add good players, I mean, it just helps the offense in general. I don't know. It doesn't always for fantasy, though. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, Andrew Luck has shoulder surgery back in January. Owner Jim Ursay told the media the team's going to take it slow with Andrew Luck and did not rule out Luck missing part of training camp. Awesome. MG, cause for concern there, or is it actually kind of like backdoor good news uh, considering that he wasn't really that healthy in 2016 and yet still put up some decent numbers? Uh, I'm I'm not worried about it. Uh, let's be honest. How much would Andrew Luck have played in the preseason? I mean, he would have got his reps in training camp, um, but how much would they really have put him out there? Obviously, knowing that he is – their franchise right now, and they have not done a very good job of protecting him on the field. Um, this just seems like getting going out and getting a guy some rest. I mean, it, now the there are bigger issues in that offense. I mean, you know, as much as I love Frank Gore, no run game. Not even not even he can outrun Father Time forever. Um, <laughs> you know, they they've got to you know hopefully shore up that offensive line a little bit more. So I think there are bigger causes for concern in the Indianapolis offense. I'm not really panicking over Andrew Luck right now. All right, well, let's get to our uh, group of injured young quarterbacks. On Instagram, Teddy Bridgewater showed a short video of him planting and throwing a football. Yay! FYI, he was wearing two gloves. 
Uh, <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> Marcus Mariota was seen in a local news report in his home state of Hawaii running around on the beach. His recovery is reportedly coming along, and he is expected to be available for the start of training camp, which I, I'm actually surprised by. Uh, and just to make sure we've got all of your broken leg quarterback news covered, <laughs> Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie told reporters that Derek Carr will be, quote, good to go for off-season workouts, workouts that start in just a month. Also of note there, Derek Carr also celebrated his 28th birthday on Tuesday. I loved this. 20th? 28th. 28th. Wait, Derek Carr's 28th? He is indeed 28, my friend. He that was, seems he was, old. He was old when he came he out. He was of old rap. coming out of, out of college. Because he did, was, what, a four-year four guy at Fresno State? He, he was. was. So. He, was, he was indeed. Still a 28? Like, yeah, that's kind of That's true. Chris Wanky territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Chris Wanky as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, this is Still, this is gonna be like his this is gonna be his fourth year though now. <clears throat> Don't forget. Isn't this fourth year already? Yep. Twenty fourteen. Lies. It's what's happening? Make it stop. Know. Uh his teammate, Marquette King, sent Derek Carr a happy birthday tweet with a video of King literally hunting full form an actual birthday cake. Hashtag was, Marquette King is dope. It was amazing. It is. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Amazing. Punters are our national treasure. They are. But Marquette King, in particular, I love him. Um, I will. I do have to say, it was great to see Teddy just actually on a field, though, because like everything we heard with his injury and stuff. Was yeah. So bad. And like, man, if he can come back into that offense, I mean, this year is probably still a long shot. But yeah. now that they've got you know Stephon Diggs and Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, like. That, I remember watching Bridgewater last preseason before his injury and thinking this was going to be a great year for him. He was looking like it was finally all kind of coalescing for him skill-wise, and he had some offensive players around him. And let's not forget Treadwell. Like He could be he could be a very, very sneaky, like super late round or streaming guy that you pick up that might uh, – I'd love to know what the story for. is behind Treadwell. Why did he fall out of favor with that team? Why, why did he just get completely buried? It's a good question. I don't have the answer. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's so odd. When you think about like how high people were on him last year. I mean, He's I, still a first-round pick. Me included. Like, me included. I was a big fan of his at Mississippi. It just seemed baffling. Like, is this guy – like, cause when Adam Thielen started catching passes, you're like, ah, it's cute. Yeah. You're like, what is happening? Like, how is this guy so – I think the Teddy Bridgewater injury, though, was a blessing in disguise for somebody like Adam Thielen because, you know, you think about that North Turner offense, they want to go, you know, run medium to deep routes a lot. That's not really where Adam Thielen thrives, you know? Mm-hmm. And once they had to get – you know, once Teddy Bridgewater went down, all of a sudden the short passing game became much more prevalent. And I think that's where Adam Thielen well, basically was, started to He develop. was a very good deep threat for them, too. So he's he can kind of do it all. I think uh, Harmon was putting him through reception perception and said he was he was hashtag good. All right. But of those other guys, too, I mean, all three of these guys, we're going to have to watch their injuries, but could be great late-round quarterback values if they do make full recoveries. Wait, but we're uh, – I guess, well – What? I've already talked myself out of the point I was just going to make. Which one? Because I'm like, are we going <laughs> to are we just going to assume that Teddy Bridgewater is going to come back as a starter? Then I realize the starter is Sam Bradford, who <laughs> he's going to get hurt. <laughs> so Teddy Bridgewater will have to play at some point. Okay, I I'm like sorry. It. I know Sam. Bra- don't. Oh God. What? Vikings they're, Twitter. Don't. They're going to come. Don't. <laughs> he played 14 games. Like, okay, shut up. <laughs> I don't care. It was one good death. Okay, let's see it again. All right, great. It's like it's like Mark Ingram. Yeah. No. Oh, how, oh see, no. Just, Why? How dare you? What? No, work, in, work in the elbow what? of Mark Ingram don't here, huh? All right. Okay. Why would you do that? <laughs> All right, because the Tony Romo thing must never die, 
owner Jerry Jones said that the team will make a decision on Romo by the start of training camp. Bruh, that's four months away, dude. <laughs> Uh, whatever happened to this whole doing right by Tony Romo thing? Is this now dead? I don't yeah, know they're going to do right by Tony Romo until the Houston Texans started <laughs> nosing around. And Jerry Jones is like, yeah, I can't have the other team in my state God, usurping geez. me with my old quarterback. This is so stupid. It's like, just let the guy go. Yeah. Let the guy go. I don't understand. I really feel like if it was any, just, just about any other team, maybe, you know, maybe you can throw in it a couple teams cool. from the NFC East. You know, when it's like Washington might have a QB opening, that wouldn't have happened. He was, but, like, pretty much, I'd say 28 other teams in the NFL, Jerry would be, hey, Tony, wish, best of luck. Hope it all works out for you. But it's like, why is he worried about Houston? He's worried about he's worried about the NFC East, which is I think that's 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 fair. legit. Like, but you can't worry about AFC teams too. This is ridiculous. Houston. He, it, it, I, I guarantee you, if he was at the five yard line going in for the Denver Broncos job. I guarantee you Jerry Jones is blocking that too. I mean that's just it's just so stupid. Like let the guy go. I don't understand. It's so I'm I don't sorry. know. I get annoyed by it. I think Tony Romo's going to end up in TV this year. Maybe I don't think he plays. Maybe he gets healthy finally and comes back the year I, after. I don't know. See, I, again, you know, like Tony Romo is 37. I think that's correct. It, yes. You know, you have a couple of back injuries. It's tough when you're in your late 30s like trying to come back like I know what it's like. It's like I have to go do yoga and all that stuff, and it's like it's not easy, and I've not taken the pounding physically that Tony Romo has taken over the course of his life. Sure. And at some point, trying to ramp back up and get into game shape again, I don't know that he's going to want to do that, and I don't know if he's going to want to give it a go. And then you look at him and the way he comports himself, like he's going to have a pretty nice career talking about football on television for a very long time. It's true. And I don't know. And he's got a young family. We saw him on Instagram now, and he was out there playing with his daughter. And I think I, – I don't know if his wife's pregnant again or if they're expect, or anything like that. But I just feel that at some point he's going to be like, you know what, I want to be able to run around with my kids, and it's not worth it to me anymore. I've made a lot of money. A lot of people will push him for the Hall of Fame. I'm not necessarily one of those people. Right. But it's like, you had a good career. Yeah. You gave it a good run. Yeah. Came from nowhere. Like, what? There's no shame in just walking away. Yeah, that's true. But if he wants to play, the fact that Jerry Jones is holding it up, it, 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 that annoys me. That's a little bit of a D move. Yeah. Especially after the whole, you know. We're going to do right by Tony? Right. A little bit. <laughs> like, let's, let's, NFL owners, this is just a blanket statement for everything you do. Just be honest with us. That's just, impossible. Just be honest. That's going to be impossible. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll go to Baltimore. <clears throat> John Harbaugh said Terrence West is the team's number one running back right now. I can't help but chuckle. Oh, boy. Uh, what about the GOAT, Danny Woodhead? Alex Gilhart, no? Well, I mean, nobody's going to come out and say that Danny Woodhead's the number one running back, I even see. if, you know, and he probably wouldn't even line up like that or, you know, fill that role, but he could be the number one running back in terms of touches, Hello. as we've seen happen before with Danny Woodhead. Kenneth Dixon, remember, is suspended for the, the first four, four games. games of the season. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Terrence, thoughts on Terrence West in terms of a draft. It, it seems like he'd be an interesting guy to target late in a draft, and at least you get a decent running back for the first four weeks. Yeah, I mean, West had good spells last year, too. The trouble was that offense continued to go away from the running game at times, and right. then they'd mix it up with Dixon and stuff like that. Well, and then they changed their offensive changed coordinator. Changed their offensive coordinator, yeah. so, and then they still didn't go back to the running game all that much. But 
Uh, West West was pretty productive, and he would be the feature, the figured guy to get most of those goal line touches, which is something that we definitely want. But yeah, I think he's going to be a great late round stab because maybe they find a nice merger between him and Woodhead. Maybe he takes over. Like it's it's low risk late and late in the draft. I agree. And and he looked good last year too at times. He it, looked real good. It's not. I mean, obviously the upside is not D'Angelo Williams. No. You know what I mean? But it's 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 similar to that scenario. Certainly. All right, so those are your top headlines. Let's that's get... Good, that's a good comparison. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Those are your top headlines. Let's get to draft expert, rookie prognosticator. Oh, my God, this guy's an absolute machine. We're talking about Matt Waldman. All right, on the horn, we got the great Matt Waldman. If you've never heard of him, well, shame on you. Listen, this man is an absolute beast when it comes to scouting rookies. He actually has a thing called the the, the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, the RSP, world famous in the fantasy community. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. All right, so talk, talk to us a little bit about your project. Um, you know, every single year you come out with this, uh, this great portfolio. Uh, you could find it at mattwaldmanrsp.com. But what is the Rookie Scouting Portfolio? Sure. This is something that I've been doing for the past 12 years. It comes out every April 1st. And what I do is I study the skill position prospects, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And I do it according to a process that I've developed with the help of, you know, my past um, experience as an operations manager, a quality assurance manager in an industry where I had to get certified for process improvement and performance evaluation. And I applied a lot of that to how I study rookie prospects. So everything's defined, everything's transparent. I, you know, as a guy who, you know, really didn't have a name in this industry 12 years ago or right. anything at all, I thought the best way to go about doing this was to show all my work. If I, so if I, I can I paraphrase correctly here, it's because when most people hear about scouting reports, it's, it's a report, it's just words. Uh, right. but, but you actually have, you know, assigned values. Am I correct in saying that? That's exactly right. Everything's, everything has an assigned value that's defined so that you can look at it. You get a glossary. You get checklists that show you what I'm grading on, why I'm grading on it, and then I take you through my process. So what happens is you get a 300-page draft guide based Hello. on about 160 prospects. <laughs> and then for the craziness factor, which is just to show people, hey, look, this is how I do my work. If you really are that nuts about this stuff, I'll show you the other seven to 800 pages worth of work that I did throughout the year for you to just examine if you want to. Most people don't look at that. That's just a way of saying, hey, dude, I work on this stuff all the time. That was eye-opening to me when I got my first RSP a couple of years ago. I've been a subscriber for a while, but that, like you said, that the end of it, I'm like, I'm like, good God, man, why would you need to put all this in? I mean, it's like all the plays he watched in the game. So you know Waldman does his work and, right. uh, and studies it up and – I also like that you have, uh, Matt, in there. It's not only just the reports on all the guys at the positions, but you kind of break down the categories from each position and rank the guys in there as well, like which guys are the best deep threats at wide receiver, which guys have the best short-range agility at running back and stuff like that. So it really helps you get a good sense of all of these prospects. Absolutely, and that's part of taking you through the process because we all know, you know, especially in the fantasy community, linear rankings are what everyone likes yeah. because you want to have that straight, simple answer. But we know that it's not that way. You know, in the NFL, there are going to be certain teams, they pick a certain player, and if they fit him with the right offense, he's going to be great. 
But at the same time, you can take a player, and I, I think a perfect example of that is let's look at Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Tom Brady may be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but if you put him in an offense and ask him to do what Russell Wilson does, oh. he would fail. Yeah, miserable. <laughs> but Russell Wilson, you could put Russell Wilson in like five different offenses, and he would play well. He might not play as well as Brady in the same offense. That's debatable. But that's the point. And so being able to take people through all those different possibilities and put it in a way that's easy to digest helps them become better prepared for their fantasy draft. All right, so Matt Waldman, mattwaldmanrsp.com. All right, so you are an absolute machine when it comes to these rookie you know, scouting reports here. Uh, it, it, this is a draft that has uh, reportedly one of the deepest running back drafts in recent memory. Of this very deep class – Give me Matt Waldman's favorite running back in this class. Okay, well that's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's a, it is a, it is a terrific class, and I would say, you know, in terms of a favorite, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give you my best, but I'll tell you who my favorite is. And one of my favorites is Jamal Williams out of BYU. I think he's a very interesting prospect because you think about Ricky Waters back in the day, the way that he could catch the ball, the, how good of a blocker he was. He wasn't unbelievably fast, but he was quick, shifty, understood you know, really the concepts of a blocking scheme, and he could get you positive yards and stay on the field all three downs. I think Jamal Williams has that possibility um, as a player that within a few years we may see him in a lineup and be surprised about how good he is. So I'm going to take. I'm taking a look at some of your running backs earlier today, and I'm going to paraphrase you here and just say that you think uh, Fournette is straight garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I love Fournette. Accurate? But it's, it's no, not accurate at all. But uh, I will say this: if you talk to some LSU fans over the past few years when I've done my videos, they might think that's my that was my take because I often said, "Look, he doesn't do some of the things that you would ask Adrian Peterson to do. He's not going to, you know, drop his hips, sit in that chair, and make jump cuts like Jamal Charles Peterson and Lashawn McCoy all day long." But if you ask him to work downhill behind a fullback or in a single back formation and let him hit that hole hard, he's going to give you what Stephen Davis gave people mm-hmm. in his prime, which is fourteen to 1,700 yards for a few years. He had a season with 17 touchdowns. Leonard Fournette is capable of that. And what people forget about Stephen Davis is that Stephen Davis ran a 10-4 100 meters in high school. That's .4 seconds faster than what Fournette ran. Wow. And we're talking about how great Fournette was. Stephen Davis was a pretty nice back in his day. We just don't remember that. Um, I think that they're pretty comparable. And I did talk to a scout recently who I shared that with, who I've been friendly with for a while, and he said that was probably one of the better comps he's heard, you know, because he's heard things ranging from Jim Brown to, yeah. you know, garbage. So <laughs> depending, on, you know, depending on who he talked to. <laughs> so, again, but it goes back to your point of he's got to go to the right team. And there's – it just – I know that you mentioned uh, the Colts. Obviously, the Cardinals is one, but he's not going to go there. It seems like he's got a limited number of places he can actually go to be successful. Yeah, I think that that's – I think on the surface that is true. But I think that if a team picks him, 
you know, again, this is kind of the assumption of rational coaching. My buddy Sigmund Bloom um, would probably label that, which is that we assume that they were, they're going to look at this and say, look, we know what Fournette can do in, the, in an eye formation system, not running him from shotgun all the time, but letting him run downhill. And we're going to bend that. We're going to create a system that works well for that player if we're going to take him that high. That's the assumption. I'm hoping that that will happen rather than a team trying to ramrod him into a shotgun formation. And then we look at Adrian Peterson at the end of his career and we, and, and we're talking about, you know, Leonard Fournette at the beginning of his career in those terms. That would be sad. But I think teams like, you know, I mean, I certainly think that there are certain teams that can run downhill from the shotgun reasonably well. Carolina certainly could qualify. I would think they'd make some adjustments if they wanted to. Um, and look, you know, the Raiders, I think, would be a good fit for him. I think that they could oh, yeah. do some things with that offense and really, you know, make the most out of his game. Because one of the things that he does unbelievably well is shorten his stride in the way that wide receivers adjust their stride at full speed. When he does that and he gets a chance to get downhill, he can adjust just a little bit to eliminate angles from defenders. And then with the speed that he has at 240 pounds, I mean, this guy's like a runaway cement truck, you know, and when people try and reach for him, their arms look like, you know, guardrails in a toll booth. I mean, that's just what happens with this guy. He's a, he's a terrific back. He's just, he needs a specific fit. You know, Matt, you have written a couple of pieces about Alvin Kamara, and I feel like you and I are sort of on the same page in that I haven't quite understood a lot of the hype around him, but maybe there's there's something I'm missing. I mean, do, what do you see potentially his ceiling as at the next level? Yeah, it's a it's a great subject because you know we've we've seen in the past. You know, I mean, we're all in this industry. We're all wrong about players, uh, you know, a good bit. And I've certainly had guys I've missed on. Um, you know, I missed on Dak Prescott horribly last year. But at the same time, I've been right about guys like Bishop Sankey and Niall Davis, guys that were given a lot of high grades, or Andre Williams, and these were guys that I just thought, I don't see it, and here's why I don't see it. And Kamar fits in that category to an extent, because when you watch his game, you, you see a guy that has good balance in terms of indirect contact. But one of the most important things about a player isn't how many tackles he breaks or play, plays that he bounces off or how quick he is. It's also important to note whether or not he makes good decisions. And a lot of young college players win on athletic ability by bouncing plays outside and showing how quick they are and getting to the edge. Well, in the NFL, there's 320-pound guys who are as quick as those running backs are. And they're guys who are much more aware of what they're supposed to be doing assignment-wise. And you can't just bounce things outside all the time. And he has that issue. On top of that issue, you also have a guy who's fumbled once every 41 touches during his <laughs> career at Tennessee. That's uh, and, not good. No, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, if the Jaguars, let's put it this way, if the Jaguars draft Alvin Kamara, either that will tell you that Tom Coughlin has no power whatsoever or he's a sadistic man. <laughs> there, is no way, there is no way that, you know, I, you know, because he is, his, his ball security is that bad at this point. And it's a reserve caliber tier of ball security that is, is going to keep you on the bench until you prove you can hang on to it. So when you combine the fact that he's not mature yet at being able to play inside and keep the ball inside in situations where it's like, look, it's second and eight. 
get the two yards so it's third and six rather than try and bounce the play outside and make it third and 12. These are the types of mistakes that Lawrence Moroni made, C.J. Spiller made, even LaShawn McCoy and, and Jamal Charles made these mistakes early on in their careers, and they fixed it. But the first two I mentioned, Spiller and Maroney, there's a reason why we never really looked at him as long-term starting running backs in the NFL. And that's my concern with Kamara is that he's just not mature enough yet. He might be, but right now he's a space player. If you put him in an offense like maybe the New Orleans Saints and let him catch swing passes and screen passes and do some things like draw plays where he can play a little bit more in space and he doesn't have to be as disciplined about being between the tackles, then you might have something immediately. But right now, I think he's a little more of a, a developmental guy who can give you some playing time now. Not a top five running back if you're looking for a guy who is going to give you three down work. Lawrence Maroney, what a callback. I can't, I, it's, I, there's so many bad memories associated <laughs> with Lawrence. I believed in Lawrence Maroney so bad. Me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved Lawrence Maroney, but no, it didn't work out. I, I just, uh, there's been a couple good callbacks in this conversation. How, 100%. Ricky Waters, Ricky oh, yeah. Waters, Stephen Davis, Lawrence Maroney. Oh, man, I love we're it. All, we're all big-time NFL fans, you know. I yeah. mean, that's what we got. <laughs> hey, so. You mentioned Jamal Williams out of BYU. Give me another wide receiver or, or tight end or, heck, give me another running back that you seem to be much higher on than the rest of the draft community. All right. Well, wide receiver-wise, I'm a Josh Reynolds fan. Um, I know he dropped some passes, um, and he certainly has other wide receivers around him who, are, who have been pretty good over the years. But And, you know, Christian Kirk is certainly a young guy that's going to be really good. But when I watch Josh Reynolds play, he reminds me of another player that I really liked out of this dra- out of the draft a number of years ago, which is Marvin Jones. He's a guy that makes excellent adjustments in terms of body control. Even though he has some focus drops, he's a guy that makes amazing adjustments to the football and can catch it well. He's also physical and attacks the ball out of his breaks. Um, he can make the first man miss. And I think that he has the skills to become a sudden route runner. And I, I have him rated much higher than most people I know. He's going to be one of my top five um, wide receiver prospects in this draft. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's funny because I, I know that uh, I know our own Lance Zerline made the Marvin Jones comparison too. And I, I watched Josh Reynolds a little bit this morning. Now listening to you it makes me want to go back and watch him again. Oh, I definitely want <laughs> to. I'll go back and check him out, check him out a little deeper. Wow, that's bold. I love it. You hey, had me at Marv Jones. Uh, you <laughs> absolutely. Hey, listen, pal. I'm, I'm all in. Um, can you talk to me about – okay, so you do you, – you have your, your website, mattwaltmanrsp.com, uh, and in there you've got a lot of your YouTube links as well where you legitimately sit down and, and go through your process. You break down the film. Um, it's it's an absolute must watch, and I remember coming across your work, you know, a couple of years ago, and loving it. But I have a legit question for you. <laughs> why? Where do you get the music, and why are you? I mean, it's like these soft slow jams. Like, what's going on? It's it is so bizarre to watch football tape breakdown with this like neo jazz type you know, music going on in the background. Why the music, man? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a polarizing thing that I go back and forth. <laughs> or not. But see, I used to be a jazz musician or a wannabe a jazz oh. musician. And I studied music for a while, so some of that stuff. Now one it of it makes is a sense. Roommate of mine, one of it's a former roommate of mine who's a 
who's a clinician who plays a lot of who does a lot of cool work. Unbelievable. And some of it's just me just kind of doing experimenting with some of the film stuff. So, so unfortunately, funny. you know, hey, look, you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I do kind of my own stuff with this particular project. And you know, sometimes you sometimes you have some things that you try out and you experiment with, and people go. Some do. Some people are like, I love it, and others are like, What's going on with like the adult music? <laughs> I'm waiting for Biochipa Wawa. So I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads with that, but I appreciate the feedback. Oh man, <laughs> that's it is, great. It is so interesting. I, I highly recommend people to go find this stuff on YouTube. But uh, Matt, well, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the the RSP um, again. You, you heard about what it is. Why should people get it? Well, you, you know, you're really getting the most comprehensive look at prospects, and it's based on talent, not draft position. I don't try to, I don't try and guess where these guys are going to be drafted. I'm not trying to rank them based on where I think they're going to go in a round. I was the type of guy who, you know, had high rankings for Russell Wilson before he, you know, went to Seattle or Spencer Ware, and you know, so I look at guys based solely on how they perform on the field, with a little bit of a look at the combine and trying to piece all of that together to match with the film. So you're going to look at you're going to get a two to three year look at a guy long term. Plus, when you get the RSP, you also get the RSP post draft that comes with that. And I make I bring I write that a week after the NFL draft, so that you get to see kind of a short term. Here's how they fit with these teams. Here's a depth chart breakdown. Here are some rankings based on you know where I think where they've gone. And also, you're going to get nowadays a three year. Um, look at players based on how I saw them in the past and then update it as well. Um, so you get a ton of information that you can use for multiple years for your fantasy league. So when people are like, I have no idea where that came, that guy came from, you can go look at your <laughs> 2016, you know, You can be the smartest RFP, guy in the room. RFP. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. And you, and you can see where the strengths are. It's great for trades. It's great for waiver wire pickups for dynasty leagues. So it's an absolute fantastic resource in that regard. All right, twenty-one ninety-nine is the price. Am I right in saying that? Twenty-one ninety-five. A twenty-one ninety-five. Four cents. Even even cheaper. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, now, 10% still goes to charity, yes? That's right. It goes to an organization called Darkness to Light, which they educate people to help them protect children from sexual abuse. Okay. So you understand the dynamics of that and the – and 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 it teaches people the dynamics of that and how to prevent it as well as how to address it when it happens so it doesn't create more damage and it was something that was inspiring to inspire me to do based on what happened with the events of Penn State we're all football mm. fans we all want to see people you know be able to address these situations better moving forward and this was the offshoot of that all right, the great Matt Waldman. Find his work, mattwaldmanrsp.com. It's very popular among the Matts. Matt Miller from ESPN <laughs> loves it. Matt Harmon from right here in the NFL Fantasy Podcast loves his work as well. And we, we do, do too. I would, yeah, he's, I would implore anybody to go out and get this because one of the things that he's touching on is the way you watch the draft is that you should – because we all have a favorite team. You're like, I hope, my, I hope the Bears draft this guy, this guy, this guy. But you also go through and you see – for instance, like Leonard Fournette, like I hope that he goes to this team because if he ends up here, it's probably not going to work out. So it'll help the way you watch the draft in the uh, next couple of weeks. And it's going to help you in fantasy. 
That's the big thing. Of course. And that's the only <laughs> thing that matters, baby. I love it. Matt Waldman, Matt Waldman, RSP.com. Thanks for your time, man. Hey, thank you. It's my pleasure. All right, gentlemen, so that was Matt Waldman. Uh, Alex Gilhar, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on, on, on his breakdown of, of different players. You know, maybe we start with Jamal Williams. That's the first guy that he had mentioned. But, man, I tell you what, I've seen enough, you know, Jamal Williams game tape to, to not come away very impressed. And yet, Matt Waldman seemed to really like him. What were your thoughts there? Well, I watched Williams, too, and they're – I feel like I'm a not. There are a couple people in Waldman included uh, that are big fans of Williams and see him as one of those steel guys of the draft. I have a couple other backs I like in that later tier that I'm I'm going to be keeping an eye on in rounds you know like four to six for sure. teams to take, uh, kind of in that Jordan Howard range. Um, William Williams certainly is is he does a lot of the things right. Like I think Matt was saying where he's got some of the the short range quickness, short range quickness and burst to get away from people. He doesn't have tremendous long speed or anything, but I mean, man, in the right, in the right fit, he could be he could be worth watching. And if if Waldman's behind a guy, it usually helps bump him up a little bit For in sure. my rankings yeah. at, at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's done the work, anyways. Uh, similarly, yes, please. I'm I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, Fournette, not feeling garbage. It. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> wow, that's what Matt said. So I'm gonna have to say. <laughs> definitely I, heard it here. Listen, that's what I'm just quoting. I'm you're just quoting, quoting the guru. The, you're, I'm not you're, trying to. You're not making it up. You're just. I'm just reporting the facts. Those are his words. His exact his words. Oh man. That you then said. <laughs> if he said them. First, right. I think that's how it works. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. That's how it goes. Listen, stop shaking your head over there. Yeah. What? I'm I, getting stopped. Uh, what? You're lucky. Uh but no, I. But it just. Uh, j- <laughs> it just goes to show. Yes. That it. It. A lot of it depends on where these running backs go, and I know that everybody. Wants to make the Ezekiel. That's every well. First of all, that's every player, right? I mean, well, yeah, that's every player, but even more so at the running back position because everybody's like, "Oh, Ezekiel Elliott, look what he did! Running back revolution! It's a back on." You're like, uh, "If he didn't go to the Cowboys, he would not have been Rookie of the Year, hundred percent." But you so, still, but I mean, come on, it's it's impossible to not have liked Zeke Elliott coming out of college. Well, no, I mean, he's a great running back, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But he's not going to have the kind of success he would have had. With a different team last year. I see what you're saying. I think if that roadmap of words that just came out of a mouth. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of it, he's a great running back, but a lot of his ultimate success came from playing with a great team. And listen, if Fournette falls to the Raiders, then I will completely do a 180. Yep. I will draft him in the first round. You're all in. I know, but 100%. And you know what? That's It's interesting because something like that could happen. Because you look at some of these teams, and if you're going to look at fit – and let's say that the Patriots do something crazy, end up getting a top 15 pick, and they're like, we're going to go McCaffrey, and somebody else likes Dalvin Cook. And then Fournette starts sliding down, and other teams are looking. Because you know there's a team out there right now who's looking at the draft and being like, you know what, we're gonna, we can't draft Mixon right. on Friday night in yep. prime time, yep. but we're going to him, grab him Later. in the second round. Which is silly, by the way, but that's a different No, I mean, but you, you have to have – it's just one of those things like – you have to take that into account. And like, yeah. oh, who's going to be able to win the PR battle? Like, to me, there's just a handful of teams that are going to be able to get away with taking them. The Patriots would be one. The Patriots, perhaps. Well, I was thinking. Although they've already said that they're not. They would 100% be one of those teams because I think. Oh yeah, they would. They would actually insulate them. Well, not only not only insulate them, but they're also people wouldn't be up in arms. Yeah. Because they'd say, well, look at Bill Belichick. What a genius. He's, he knows what, what a he's genius. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would be another one. Pittsburgh would be. But, you know, I'll say the thing about Leonard Fournette, though, you're right. He needs to go to the right fit. But 
I think his talent is such that they're I think the fit is bigger than most people are are giving him credit for. It's like you said, Ezekiel Elliott, look, there's just no way you can get around the fact that coming out of college, he was an absolute beast. He's an absolute beast, and, and his margin for error is so much greater than somebody, you know, to somebody like Derrick Henry, who I, I, I like Derrick Henry. I like him a lot. But his, I, you know, going back to what you're saying, the fit, the, the, the player and the team fit. I think that that margin of error is very slim for somebody like Derrick Henry, whereas it's actually pretty wide for somebody like you know Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey as well. No, you're, you're no, I, I, give I, me I, blank stare. I, that was quite I, the stare. I was like, I, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I, not on TV. Are we I gonna can just deadpan you <laughs> and turn to the camera and just shake my head? No, <laughs> okay. No, because yeah, I, I honestly believe that McCaffrey fits on more teams than. Fournette would agree because McCaffrey can do so many different things. Agreed, one hundred percent agree. I mean, look, yep. I, I, I like Dalvin Cook over Leonard Fournette. What? I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I know, I, he, I know he I, didn't have, I know I, he didn't have a great combine. Oh, I, I know that, but I, I because I think his skill set, um, lends himself to doing more things, and maybe his his pass protection skills will keep him from immediately being a three down back. But I still think he's a guy that you will have more faith having on the field in a passing situation than you would with Fournette right now. I love Christian McCaffrey, but to say that he has more fit, I, I just I disagree wholeheartedly with that only because he is a guy that once you get to goal and goal uh, goal to go situations, I don't think you can really trust him back there unless you're saying, look, 100% for sure we're going to pass right now. But he's he's not that deceptive because yeah, he can run between the tackles and I and I've caped up for him too saying yeah he can run between the tackles but in goal to goal situations where people are crowding that line it's going to be awfully hard about, like, for, from the one yard line or I'm just saying like, anywhere between first and uh <clears throat> first and goal to go so up see, to I, up to the nine but I think the it, 10. I think it works in his favor that he's so versatile he could run the ball he could catch the ball like he could do there's a lot of different ways that you could use him but for Fournette, he's got to be running downhill, and if it's one of those situations, the defense is actually going to be able to first, load up against him. First and goal at the five. You give Fournette that ball three times, it's going in, period. You know what I mean? Like, it takes all the guesswork out of it. Unless you know you're Pete Carroll, you decide to throw it. <laughs> oh. All right, fair enough. All right, listen, that's enough of that. Uh, we, I, I think that's a that's, – you know what? I'll tell you what. Let's pick up that conversation next week. Let's do it. McCaffrey I'm on vacation next week. Well, actually, you're out right. next week? I'm out next week. I was supposed to be out. Well, I was supposed to be out, but I'm going to be on Mock Draft Live on Tuesday. It's one of those things. Anytime I'm like, I'll just take this week off because yeah. you got to go out and blow out some vacation days. They're like, oh, can you come in on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's going to be a conference call on Monday. And if I'm like, so I should just never put down for any vacation. Right. That's okay. right. Never. That's, exactly That's what I'm supposed to. Well, which is fine. Like, listen. It's yeah. I, look, I know it's. it must be really difficult being a TV superstar it's like not. yourself. It's, I mean, it's, it's so, actually very it easy. It sounds so, I mean, I, I feel for you, brother. The only thing where I'm it really is, <laughs> you got to tell it like, well, right. no, because you got to tell your wife who you were going to, oh, we'll go to Disney. The struggle is real. I can't take vacation because I'm a huge television star. Huge. The struggle is real for Adam. It Ray. is. Thank you. Jeez. Thank you for some. You know what? So often <laughs> people don't Let's appreciate Let's close out that. the show with a round of Daily Daps. Why are you? Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps and <laughs> All right, Daily Dab time. We'll start with MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What you got? Uh, well, we are nearing the end of our podcast for this week. Yes. Um, so as soon as this is done, 
Go and download the S Town podcast. It is going to be your new binge listen podcast. What's the S Town? It is is from the producers of This American Life and Serial. Hello. And if you loved Serial, you will love S Town. They they actually did it sort of differently in that it's seven episodes which they released all at the same time. Mm. So you don't need to wait week by week to do it. Uh, a an incredible. I'm I'm on halfway through episode. I started last night as I was walking home from work, and I am now on episode six, and I will be done with it before, wow. before the end of the day. Jeebus. Um the the basic Crush. premise the basic premise is a reporter from New York uh, travels down to a small rural town in Alabama to investigate an alleged murder, and ends up getting himself tied up in something that seems far more sinister and nefarious. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. All right. But uh, go get it. Go download the whole thing. Binge listen. We can't say binge watch, right? It's binge listen. Binge, binge listen. listen to the whole thing. I mean, you Why can not? watch your phone screen. I mean, you can stare at like, <laughs> That seems sort of silly, but can't yeah, if you want to. Exciting, <laughs> so there you go. Wizkid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, what's up? Well, uh, I was going to dap a podcast too, but it's not going to be nearly as exciting in Marcus's. But I found uh, Washington Post last year did a podcast called Presidential that every episode looks at the life and character and uh, in a nice little in-depth profile of every former American president. Okay. So if you're nerding into history and stuff like that, like I am, it's a great listen. Like most of them are 30 minutes to 50 minutes. And it's just good. They get the biographers, other reporters, people from the Library of Congress providing all these interesting details and stuff to help uh, paint these profiles of the past presidents. So... Uh, definitely daily daps to that. Daily daps to uh, the Claybons also, who had yeah, uh, their Patrick child. Yeah, Patrick Claybon. Uh, we're very excited for them. Uh, I had to help uh, walk their dog <laughs> when uh, <laughs> Lauren was going into labor because we got a we got a text from Claybon that morning, and he said uh, we planned literally everything except who was going to take care of the pets. So that's terrific. I had to go okay. over there and kind of break into their apartment and and walk the dog and feed the cats. But that is awesome. Happy for them. And then one more quick daily dap to the little girl who thought the broken down water heater was a real robot in a cul-de-sac with her dad and her, yeah. I think her dad or whoever it was videotaped that. it. That's really good. It's such a cute video. Yeah. Just like, it just melted my heart when she gives the water <laughs> heater a hug because she thinks it's a robot. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that video yet, I tweeted it or retweeted it uh, yesterday. You can find it there. All right, great. I will daily dap a Twitter account called at student athletes. Uh, athletes is misspelled, but it's a <laughs> student. In- intentionally, I'm I sure. Guess it, I'm yeah, sure it might be, good. but uh, they, they have some funny ass tweets, man. Anyways, at student athletes, A T H E L T E S. So student athletes. I, I I apologize. I know it's spelled wrong, but probably intentionally. But man, it is. It's funny. It's funny. It, it's a caricature of a lot of student athlete tweets, and they're funny. Anyways, uh, I will also give a daily dap out to the League of Leagues. Uh, I thought I was going to be out. But then, like, you know, Godfather 3, they pulled me back in. Uh, mostly because I get to team with this man to my left here, Adam Rank. Yeah, buddy. So, daily daps to Adam Rank, who actually did the draft. <laughs> I was furiously texting him back and forth while I had to work. But texting him, I think I texted him about 100 different times. Hey, maybe we should go look at this guy. Hey, what do you think about this guy? So, daily daps to him for, for putting up with my BS. Uh, but uh, but it's it it was a lot of fun and and Adam I'll I'll let you kind of fill in on that but uh, for those of you who don't know League of Leagues is a three the nerdiest sport. thing ever it's the three sport I say that draft. as somebody who was in it the last that's time. right <laughs> that is exactly right it's a three sport draft so you can draft in one draft you're drafting uh, baseball basketball and football guys and in any order you want and also you can trade. 
you could trade, like, for example, you could trade Ezekiel Elliott for Mike Trout, which would be a terrible trade, but whatever. You could trade, <laughs> I mean, you could trade football for basketball, basketball for baseball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's an interesting concept and certainly one that has expanded, you know, um, at least my uh, view of like how fantasy works and, and, and all of those things. But it, it's a very cool concept. It started by our buddy uh, Jonah Carey. Jonah Carey. Uh, who started the, the league and uh, Dave Damashik as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of their brainchild. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. And kind of going through that whole draft process, I thought it was a lot of fun. So uh, even though I, do, I wasn't the one making all the picks, I'll see the You were there. Down. No, 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 because you were uh, – no, we were able to work it out. I thought no, it worked I thought it out. worked well. Real well. I got up at uh, 4.30 in the morning. No, at 4 o'clock in the morning. Drove this was out, a live draft drove in out, Vegas. Drove out to Las Vegas for the 10 a.m. draft. <laughs> and, one of, and everybody's like, well, why didn't you go out the night before? It's like, because I know me, because I know if I'm in Las Vegas, <laughs> I'm going to be out till 4 in the morning. And then I'm not going to – the okay. last place I'm going to want to be hanging out yes. uh, for a 10-hour draft is the Vidara with a bunch of other dudes. Right. But it, it worked, I thought it worked out pretty well. And uh, I will I will give a dap to uh, Jonah Carey because he's really a nice guy, a sweet and gentle man. Yes. And the funniest thing is, is obviously you mentioned Dave Damashek mm-hmm. is in this, in this league. Cousin Sal, uh, that people might know from the Jimmy Kimmel show, is yes. also in this league. And they both of them have ties to Bill Simmons. I see. Bill Simmons... Went after Jonah Carey oh, that's on right. Twitter last yes, week. So, and it took yes, a while did. for everybody to start getting into those <laughs> jokes, but it was hilarious. So I do, <laughs> I do want to stand up for. And Jonah is he, he's so unassuming and such a nice guy that it was like, it was so out of left field. So, uh, well, I want and that. the fact that uh, Jonah in his article that Bill Simmons like attacked him for like immediately at credit. the top the was thing. like hey, thanks to Bill Simmons for this idea. Giving me this idea, yes. That exactly. was the conjecture is that Simmons didn't read the article. Oh, there's no way. And then tweeted that, and then eventually somebody probably pointed out like, hey, he gave you credit, and it was too late. He was pot committed. Uh, so that was all. That was that was cool. Uh, got to watch, you know. Well, and we had the 14th pick, so we were on the wheel. Oh, my God. So, And we knew our strategy, too, of yeah. like going oh, with yeah. – we went all – we went NBA with the first four picks. Yeah. Then we went basketball. Cynthia Freeland uh, on the Dave Damashek football program this week said that uh, we're studs. We actually did the right thing. Oh, hell she yeah. She really oh. loved how we approached the draft. She nice. fun of Dave. Dave's <laughs> all over the place. Dave's all over the place. Oh, that was God. That's like typical Shaq. Like, even sitting there, and I was able to watch the Justice League trailer because it came out that day. Yeah. So I was able to watch it at great length and then go do our picks. And by the way, I like that Justice <laughs> okay, League good. trailer. It's I a really, great-looking trailer. I love Ezra Miller's version of The Flash because I've kind of gotten sick of Grant Gustin okay. and the CW Flash, so I'm ready for one of the other 52 sure. Flashes that there are. So that's going to be pretty good. And I'd also like to dap the city of Las Vegas because now usually I would have to feel like, should I mention that I was in Vegas for the strip? Like, hey, we got a team there now, yeah. It's all good. Like it's wide open. I was on Fremont Street posting pictures on Instagram. I'm in Vegas. Bro. I can do whatever I want. Uh, okay, let, let's, let's get back to one thing though. Yeah. Can you confirm that you drafted Martavis Bryant, and that is why you guys stood oh, up and high fived right. yes. earlier in this podcast? So, so of we course. go all basketball. So we go all basketball, and then we go some ba- some baseball. Uh, like, how long did we wait? 20 rounds or something? Yeah, we, we drafted Dante Moncrief in the 15th round. In the 15th round, our first player was Dante Moncrief. Thank our God. second player was Martavis the Bryant. Martavis Bryant. That was our dude. A 14-team, three-wide receiver there league. You, there you go, listeners. <laughs> and, you know, and, and if I can say one other thing about that, um, 
Oh my God! First of all, our RB one, our RB one is yes. Rex Burkhead. Rex, I love it. The go right. yeah. Rex go ahead. You guys, you guys Wait, have won. Okay, let me and let me say. I know the other podcast yes. is coming in around yes. the league. Make sure you download like the people. Like I know more people listen to that podcast. Like than fifty I, million. But let me say something about Las Vegas. I am getting sick and tired of people being like, "Oh, the NFL's chasing the money. This the, the league's done." Okay, you know what? In nineteen ninety five, oh, ranks out they of moved, seat again. They moved a franchise from Los Angeles. To St. Louis, okay? If that wasn't a money grab, I don't know what is. And you know what? Oakland to Vegas is an upgrade. Oh, and you know what? As a Southern California... <laughs> okay, see, now, now, see. Oh, play, play the music. As a, as a Southern play California music. We got to go. You, wanna, you know what? I would rather, right, I'd rather spend the three hours Holy driving hell. to Vegas, wow. having a good time. What a bomb <laughs> drop by Oakland. Adam Rank. This is going to work out Marcus famously. Grant. Mark my words. Johnson, Alex Gellar, I'm James Cole. It's like it's like Rory Shabani. We're out of time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.